Welcome to the Action Only Podcast, and I am your host, Jalal Wilson. And today I have a very special guest on the podcast, and it is Joey Robinson. Before we get into our conversation with Joey, you know, I always like to begin with a quote. And so today's quote comes from Mel Robbins. There will always be someone who can't see your worth. Don't let it be you. And I think this quote is really important because sometimes we are the our harshest critics. So it's important to let, as we go into 2023, don't let that person be you. There's enough people that can judge you for whatever you're trying to do or be. Don't let it be you. Now, I'm going to introduce Joey so we can go ahead and get this conversation started. I am very happy to have Joey on the podcast today. I have known Joey for, I am 42. I've known Joey for 22 years. And I was thinking about all the stories that I could possibly tell about Joey. Um, And this is the one that always sticks out in my head the most. One time I went over to Joey's house. We brought the kids and we're over there and Joey's like, yeah, you guys should come over for dinner. So, yeah, we're like, yeah, let's go over to Joey's house for dinner. So we go over there. And then we're eating, and, and I look over at my uh, then-wife, and I say, hey, man, this is some really good fried chicken. This is probably might be the best fried chicken I've ever had. And it was, so we keep eating, and then, uh, you know, I go home, and on the way home, talking to my wife, like, dang, that was some good fried chicken. And then I see him the next day at work, and he said, uh, I said, Joey, that was some amazing fried chicken you made. He goes, that fried chicken was from QFC. And I said, this whole time, he said, let me come over and cook you a meal. And this guy went and got the fried chicken from KFC. I mean, QFC. And I was like, that is just, you know, he has always been this gentleman, always smiling. And the first time I ever wore a bow tie was because of him. He, you know, he's always come to, to work in the in the bow ties and looking fresh. And, uh, you know, I tried it out. And I actually wore one the other day. And I, I thought about Joey when I I. I wore it. Joey, welcome. Oh, and Joey is a prolific artist. He is, I love, he's an amazing storyteller. And he is just very creative. And that is one of the reasons I wanted to have Joey on here today. We're going to talk about his creative process and, you know, how he's dealt with loss, overcoming loss, and just... He's even been on, had some of his art on Greg's Anatomy. So we're going we're gonna to get into this conversation with Joey. Joey, how are you doing today? Uh, thank you for having me, Jalal. And thanks for the fried chicken story. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. I, you know, I got to say, um, that, uh, and I think we coined it after that, is that anytime I have you over, I told you I was going to make fried chicken for you after that. Well, you know, I was getting it from the, uh, the supermarket, which was the QFC, uh, here in Seattle, Washington. So, <laughs> but, um, and you know, it's actually still one of my best, uh, dishes. I tell people I make. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, it, it, it will not fail you. Cause it was amazing. And I was thinking like, wow, it, was, it really was amazing. Well, I do make a mean potato salad to go with. 
Hey, so, there you I go. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> something. You got something on that. Something on that yeah, platter cake for me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having me. I am honored. Um, and I am honored to be here with you and also so proud of you in many ways. We've grown together over the years and we've been there for each other. And this is really, really um really good that we're getting a chance to do this podcast and to share, you know, our thoughts and stories. So thank you for having me. Of course, Joey, and I, I truly appreciate the the role you have definitely played in my life. And yes, we definitely have grown together and um yeah, definitely been there for each other. So I, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate you. Now we're going to go ahead and get into this. And one of the things I always like to figure out, because the podcast is about taking action and you have took action in your life in a variety of ways. And one of the things that you have done really well is your artistic endeavors of being a painter. So I wanted to know what inspired you to become a painter or would you even classify yourself as a painter or is there a different word you would use for well you know i i'm gonna use the word painter because people are familiar with painter because you know i you know i'm i do mostly um well i'm a visual artist and um but i you know do other things i there's you know a new process that i've been doing for the last three years called encaustic and encaustic is working with beeswax and tree resin and uh and pigment and so that has been around since 2000 uh uh 2000 years ago the egyptians would um paint them on the esophagus the mummies um and paint stories on the 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 case that the uh we call them esophagus or mummies um, on. So, because they didn't have, you know, photographs and they couldn't take a picture of someone. So they would paint the person, the likeliness of the person's face, but that's what they would use. Um, the beeswax and tree resin and pigment. And pigment was different then because they had to get the pigments from berries to make red or green uh, leaves to get green. Um, uh, you know, different uh, soils to get different earth tones, um, which, I mean, I guess you could probably still do that, but the process would be pretty lengthy. So I've worked in that, but yeah, I'm definitely um, a painter and uh, I paint mostly in acrylic paint uh, and uh, canvas and paper. And so, yeah, so I'm going to take paint. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I, I did not know that that process went back that long. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you, the funny thing about it is that, you know, when I do it mm-hmm. now, I think, you know what? I'm not going to be here 2,000 years from now or maybe whatever, mm-hmm. but that, um, that the artwork would be here because it's um, that process of lasted uh almost through mankind you know since yeah. they've invented it so um but yeah it's it's pretty interesting yes 
Thank you. Yeah, it stood the test of time. That's amazing. So what inspired you to go down this journey of, of becoming a painter? Like, what brought you? How, what, how did you know? Like, what got you oh, here? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, let me tell you. Joel, um, as a kid, um, I grew up in uh, New Jersey, and I was born in North New Jersey, and which is outside of New York. And my mother took because I was uh, one of uh, five, the last of five kids. And my mother had me um, kind of late in life because um, she had been uh, having children, you know, since she was 20. And then uh, her 20s go by. And then, you know, then she had, you know, my brother who's close to me uh, in age, four years older, in her 30s. She had me in her 40s. And at the time, women, you know, I was kind of looked, you know, frowned upon as having a child so late. But I mean, come on, what can you do? Um, and so um, I was that that kid, and so I and she had to find ways to entertain me because she was an older parent, and she noticed that I liked to draw, and uh, she noticed that I was quiet when I would color and draw. So, she, I mean, believe me, I had more coloring books than any neighborhood kid. Um, they would come over and be jealous, like, hey, Joey, can I get one of your coloring books? You know, because they would have to share or something with their um, siblings. And I was like the rich kid of coloring books. I had a whole stack of them and crayons and stuff. So um, then she, she would take me to uh, the museum, uh, and this is the uh, Newark Art Museum uh, in Newark, New Jersey, and we, we just called it downtown, and I would, she noticed that I would be mesmerized and quiet, and she always told me, she said, okay, because I would, you know, as a kid, have a high voice talk, she said, you have to use your museum voice, you know, and so I'd go, okay, I have to use my museum yeah. And I would get real quiet, but I looked at the colors and the textures and I would, and I would, and I was mesmerized, you know, and I thought, I said, I'm, I'm going to, I want to do this. And I didn't know what it was I wanted to do because I was a kid, but I wanted to project what I was doing as a kid and like coloring books to something like what I was looking at in the museum. And so um, she noticed that that was a calming spot for me. So we would, you know, we eventually started going to, because she was a stay-at-home mom with me um, up until I was like six years old. So um, I remember going, you know, I don't know how often, but at least once a month to a museum. And then we ventured out because New York City uh, was a 15-minute train ride away. And so we started venturing out to New York City, to or we would just call it the city, um, from that area. And um, she, she would tell her friends, they said, why are you taking the baby, you know, to the museum? She said, it's his quiet time. And she said, and he's very, very respectful of how he enters the museum. I would get, she'll, she'll say museum, she's a museum voice, and shh. So I started with uh, wanting to 
paint like those artists. Um, and in particular, there was um, an artist that I just went crazy over because he had um, images of kind of, um, uh, they were kid-like images and block type. And that artist was um, the famous Jacob Lawrence. And I would look at an, a, a black artist and he had black people in his art, which as a kid, uh, you know, from an urban area, I identified with. And I said, wow, they have the same skin color I have. They have the same expressions that, you know, I know of. So I was intrigued by that. And so that was the beginning of me wanting to become an artist. And my mother told me, she says, well, you know, this artist, have, he's famous, she said, but not every Black artist gets to be of this magnitude. And Jacob Lawrence is originally from uh, uh, New Jersey, and uh, he eventually, in his career, um, took a uh, teacher's position at the University of Washington as a professor uh, in their art department. He was the first Black professor of art at the University of Washington. So um, he was invited to come out. And so that's where his 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 fame really became um, noted. Uh, and this is funny because I remember um, asking my mom, I, she was, you know, helping me read one of these children's books and it had uh, about art and they had this famous artist, Jacob Lawrence, and they said that he lived in Seattle, Washington. So I asked my mom, I said, I said, is Seattle close to New Jersey? So she says, no. She said, it's not. She said, it's way across the country. So we pulled out a map, and uh, she was showing me where we lived in New Jersey and where Jacob Lawrence lived. And you know, it was only the United States. And I looked, I said, wow. I said, he almost lives out of the world because <laughs> that's a long ways from New Jersey. And so I was inquisitive. How did he get there? You know, she said, well, he probably took a train or he flew, you know, and I was like, wow. I said, so why did he go there? And she says, well, I'm sure there was an opportunity to take him there. So I idolized uh, Jacob Lawrence's style and also by him including uh, Black people in his art as the subject, which, you know, I did enjoy the Picasso's and I enjoyed uh, the other artists, um, uh, contemporary artists or abstract artists, because abstract art to a kid looks like kids' artists in so many ways. So kids can identify with that. So, and that's what I identified with as well. So with um, that being said, um, uh, I took a stronghold to Jacob Lawrence and he became my mentor at a very young age, wanting to be an artist. Um, and, you know, not knowing exactly what 
was Intel and being an artist, you know, especially being a black artist. But my mother, uh, throughout the years, she's now gone. She told me, she said, you know, you can do anything you want. She said, and if he can do that, you can do it too. So um, he was a big uh, role model as an artist. Um, so that's, but this is the really funny thing. So, you know, throughout the years, I'm, you know, painting and I'm uh, living in New Jersey and then I go to school in North Carolina and I'm to art school here at North Carolina State University and Durham, North Carolina. And my family are from, uh, originally from the Carolinas uh, and South Carolina, they were all born and then they kind of migrated to North Carolina and then migrated to New Jersey. So um, I end up uh, uh, going to school there and, you know, I thought, I said, well, I'm just going to just, you know, do what I can and I'm paint, but I didn't know where it was going to lead and there was no road, but I just knew that I wanted to be an artist and I wanted to paint. Um, so with that being said, um, it was, you know, trial and error, of course, you're painting, I'm, you know, joining different leagues and art leagues and things like that. And, um, you know, slowly but surely, you know, I had to pay my dues and, you know, that's including volunteering and, um, and also mentoring younger artists and doing art camps and giving back to the community. And it was, it's been a great journey with um, me and the art. And I have nothing bad to say or um, discouraging because I was really, really lucky uh, to have people to want to men mentor me. Um, and it just wasn't black artists, it was a lot of artists you know, from different walks of life and being at the university, there was visiting artists from Scandinavia and from uh, all over Europe, as well as um, India. And um, it's, it's a university for a reason, people from around the world come and they also uh, took, um, it was an interest, I didn't know it was an interest in black art. You know, it was an, a, it was a, um, and it still is, of course, you know, black art compared to art is, you know, they are different genres. So it's been a, a good journey with that, but it did, um, it, my main one started, you know, just really uh, feeling like an artist was uh, in uh, going to school in North Carolina. Okay, so the going to school to North Carolina, I want to get into that, but I want to recap some of the stuff you said because it's quite interesting. So your mother was a real intentional parent because she was oh, able yeah. to see, hey, pay attention. Because a lot of times us as parents, we have other kids and we don't, we we aren't able to be, we aren't. I'm not going to say we're not able to, but we aren't as intentional with being able to discover our kids' gifts at a young at a young age. So your mother was able to see, you know, what you had an eye for and then feed what you had an eye for to help you, you know, 
to see that it is an opportunity for you by taking you to the museums, by buying you the coloring books, by helping you um, figure out, okay, well, helping you find the artists that you end up, you know, really appreciating their work. And even the, you know, the part about how, you know, he lived in Seattle. If you think about it, like when we're kids, a lot of these things, some of these things that we have dreams about run parallel to or idolize in some ways, if we stay consistent and stay the course, then some of these things happen. You ended up in Seattle just like yes. Jacob Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, and the, the, the weird part about it is that before he passed away, uh-huh. I got a chance to spend time with him wow. in Seattle. Wow. I mean, that was the ultimate. And he was an aging man, but I got a chance to spend time and get a chance to go to his home and know his wife. Wow. And, you know, and he was a man of great wisdom and little words. Mm. And I remember telling him when I got to Seattle, I said, I said, Mr. Lawrence, I said, this has taken a lifetime to get a chance to meet you. I said, and it's really an opportunity. And he looks at me and he said, the opportunity is mine. I said, thank you for coming. Wow. And you know, I mean, what can you say? You got the master who was wow. still gracious and genuine. And one of the most prolific black artists in the world that, you know, and I thought, wow, it came full circle, Jalal. It just, you know, and it was quite the moment. Wow. But yes, I came, and that was not my intent to come to Seattle to meet him. Right, right, right. I but came, it just happened. Yeah. I, yeah. It just happened. It just happened. And I came to go to school in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I uh, attended the Art Institute of Seattle. And that's what I came out for, never thinking that I would get a chance to meet him, spend time, and uh, know uh, his uh, his wife. And at the time, who was his widow, um, Gwendolyn, the, another great female, black female painter. Gwendolyn Knight. Wow. Um, yeah, she was spectacular in her own right. But remember, at the time, you know, there was a lot of female, like, spouses of famous artists. And, you know, it was just the, the time and the generation, the men were the, you know, the big artists, but their wives were really good artists and very prolific as well. But I, I'm, I feel really, really lucky um, to have got that opportunity before they both left uh, this world to spend some quality time. That is amazing. And I really want people listening to this right now to really understand the power of your dreams. Like, this was built in his younger years. This whole thing, you know, his love for this artist, his... All of this was built by one being exposed to something. And I say this all the time. We can be whatever we are exposed to. And that is why a lot of times we end up wanting to be things like rappers and actors. And because that's what we're exposed to. But when we're exposed to these other things outside of those realms, we can be those things, too. And this is just a clear, you know, 
a way to see how being exposed to something led him down a path that now he was able to find this artist, be able to um, be able to learn, be able to learn his find his style, start his style from there, and then eventually meet him and his wife and spend time with him and end up living in the same city that he ended up living to all by not intention, but staying true to what he said he wanted to become. I think that's so amazing. Oh, thank you. You know, and I'm going to add a little more to this. I, I was living two blocks away from him. Wow. I mean, I moved to the city and was living two blocks away from him. I live in the area of Seattle called First Hill, which is one of the older parts of the city. And that's where um, Jacob and Gwen uh, settled. Uh, and so it was just, you know, one of those situations. It's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, I'm two blocks away from them. Wow. That's <laughs> and, yeah, and I, and I still live in that area. Um, and I think about them every time I go past their uh, complex, you know, and uh, I think, wow, I got a chance to to go and visit them, you know, and their, you know, beautiful uh, penthouse apartment. And, um, and they were very gracious. Again, you know, they were aging, but they were, they were um, community advocates for the arts um, because they were educators and uh, they were um, just supportive of any artist, but also they nurtured young black. That is amazing. That is amazing. It's, it's just such an it just really speaks to the just the power of 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 dreams and, and goals and just I, I love it it is amazing i'm going to ask you this you've yeah you've traveled quite a bit how has traveling yeah. is inspired your art do you, have you went somewhere and it just said hey this is i'm going to make i'm just inspired by the this where i've been that it really has I've entwined it into my art. I've, you know, has that, have you had that experience in in your travels? Have you been oh, somewhere like that? Let me tell you. Absolutely. Every travel that I've had, it, it was an opportunity that would broaden my horizon. And it could be from Iceland to Helsinki. I found something in those places to bring back to when I, I would collectively bring back something that was even just new colors, new shapes, new um, uh, and broader, you know, horizons. You know, I would look at, because I uh, did a lot of European travel and I extensively traveled to Scandinavia a lot. Don't ask me why. It was just opportunities that took me there. Yeah. And I would come back um, and felt like that was my university. Mm. My, that was my extended university is to travel yeah. and to learn stuff. And I would, you know, go at, you know, and stay uh, lengthy times, you know, from weeks to a month sometimes. And the museums, of course, I would always comb every museum and I would always bring a part of my travels back 
to Seattle and apply them, mm -hmm. apply whatever I learned to what I was working on. So, um, and, uh, and talking to people, going to galleries, um, asking questions, um, that the traveling has been, it, it was, the traveling has been my PhD. I don't have a PhD, but it has been my PhD for art, you know, um, it, and I still love traveling. We know we haven't traveled much since COVID, but, um, you know, hopefully soon, uh, you know, the traveling will be extended again. Um, and, um, I'll be taking off and traveling, um, more, you know, besides it's kind of local travel, but traveling has been extremely important, uh, in my art and very important to my soul, actually. Uh, again, you know, it's a, it's an education and it doesn't have to be to Europe. It doesn't have to, it could be to Atlanta, you know, or it could be to, um, Charleston, you know, but traveling and looking at art, you learn something. I, I mean, or you should learn something from those travels, but yeah, I have traveled a bit, um, and mostly, uh, European travel and uh, mainly to Scandinavia. I think that's, I think one of the interesting things you said right there was that uh, when you came home, the things you learned on your travels, you applied. A lot of times yes. we get the information, we see these new things, but we don't do the next step, which is apply. So, you know, hearing how you're using your travel as your PhD for your soul, for, you know, your art, and then you're coming home and almost telling these stories in your art of your, of your travels. And I think that that's a, you know, an amazing thing. And I do want to take this moment, Joey, uh, cause you mentioned that you, you know, you can go at times for months and stuff and, you know, Joey is the only person on this earth that can say to his job, you know what? I'm out for a while. I'm gonna go. <laughs> and then when, when he gets back, they be like, Oh, Joey, you're back. Here's your job back. <laughs> Only person I know who has, has done that as many times as he's done that. So he's really ha had a chance to really be able to experience these places and not have to say, Hey, you know, I'm not gonna have a job when I get back. So he's really, I think that is amazing because, you know, you, you have allowed yourself to be able to go to some of these places long enough to really soak in the, the culture. Like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be Scandinavia or Iceland or no. you mm -hmm. can go to Atlanta, you can go to Charleston, you can yeah. go to all these different places. But the, go the goal is we have to expand our horizons and get out of the, the box that we know and expand it and then come home. And, and like you said, tell those stories, take those lessons and apply them cause, to our lives because everywhere has something to teach us differently than Absolutely. what we already know. Absolutely. And you got to be open. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if you go in closed, you're not going to learn anything. You yeah. got to be, you know, open to and listen, you know, and listen and, um, and, and want it, you know, and I was, um, and I, I'm, I've always been kind of an eager beaver and I'm, I still am. You know, um, as I get older, I still want to, I'm, 
Well, you don't stop learning until you stop living. Mm. You know, I mean, and that's my thing is that I still want to learn, 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 learn. And I, and I still feel like I have so much to learn. Um, I don't feel like I've done it all. I feel like, yeah, because when I wake up in the morning, my, my objectives are what, can, well, first of all, um, how can I help someone? Mm. How can I share my love and how can I be of service to someone today? Then how can I spread my love? Cause you know, I'm not a wealthy, rich artist, but I'm rich in soul and spirit. And how can I share that with someone and help them make their day? That's the first thing. And what can I learn? You know, and how, how, how can I put a smile on someone's face? Mm-hmm. Even when I'm sad, Yeah. you know, how can I put a smile on someone's face? You know, and um, with that being said, you know, um, I've, I've had my share of, you know, uh, sadness and I've had my share of, you know, feats. And, um, but at the end of the day, I still, it makes me happy to know that I've touched someone's life at some point just because it just, it fuels my soul. Mm-hmm. It does. So I'm, you know, uh, so learning and sharing, um, I, uh, that's, that's what I do every day. I get up, have a cup of coffee and make notes thinking, how can I make a difference in this day with other people? Cause I love people. And you know, when you throw it out there and you love people, guess what? You get it back. Yeah. And some people don't understand that. Some people are jealous of it. Some people just don't get it, but you got to put it out there to get it back. And it's, I think that's interesting because, you know, we've all heard there's, there's certain things that are just principles that are irrefutable, right? And one of those principles yeah. is, you know, you're going you're gonna to get back what you put out. So if we know that mm-hmm. that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, it should be all of our jobs to try to put out as much, like you said, love as we possibly can because we are going to get back whatever we put out. And so it's a, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I, I love the fact that, you know, you, that you make that a, a, a thought process, that a practice of yours when you wake up and we're going to get into that, that thing, you know, where you, you mentioned, you, you know, you've had some losses, but I first want to ask you, my wife um, loves Greg's anatomy. And so when I was reading mm-hmm. your bio and I saw that you've had your paintings on, on Greg's anatomy, yeah. I need to know, you know, what episode, what season, because uh, oh, yeah. I need, yeah. I need my wife's going to go back and, and look at this and be like, wow, you know what I'm saying? So how did yeah. that, uh, first yeah. tell me the story of how that happened and then tell me, you know, where we can find it. <laughs> okay, I will. And it's, it's a pretty, it's it's another one of those stories that, you know, you, you put it out there and you get it back. So, um I was at work and um, working for a law firm and everyone knew I was an artist. They actually supported me being an artist, you know? And so one of the um, administrators, you know, she comes out one day and she says, Hey, she says, I have a friend who has an art gallery uh, in Pioneer Square, which is in Seattle. 
and that's where all the art galleries are and were at the time. And she says, um, she said, uh, there's a show that they're filming in Seattle called Grey's Anatomy. Have you ever heard of it? And I said, yeah, I have. And it was pretty new at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I said, yeah, I have. But I also, I don't look at a lot of television. So I said, yeah, she said, are you familiar with it? I said, well, it doesn't have to do with some kind of hospital or something like that. She said, yeah. She said, um, it does. And it's about doctors. And so she gave me just a little bio on it, you know, just the, you know, and I said, oh, okay. So of course I went online and, you know, I kind of looked it up. I said, oh yeah, 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 yeah. She says, well, this friend who owns this art gallery is looking for um, black at the time slash African-American artists um, to show their artwork on the show because the characters um, wanted to get original artwork from uh, Seattle artists, Black artists. So it's like, oh, okay. You know, so I, I said, okay, you know, like in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, so that's that's nice, you know. Yeah. So she said, "Would you be interested in showing some of your art to the gallery?" Um, and I said, "Sure, you know." Like, and then, you know, I was thinking, well, "What do I have to lose? I can, you know, because I was thinking, you know, surprisingly, this was a gallery I, um, I would love to have been in, but didn't think I had it, the magic, you know, and." So I was thinking, well, you know, this is a pretty good opportunity to go, you know, sure. I said, sure. I said, I'll do it. She says, okay. She says, do you have any uh, pictures, photographs, or images and anything? So I said, I do. So she says, well, she said, can you, she said, let me give you her email address. And so we did all of that. And she said, and can you send her the images? And she says, because I'm going to take a backdrop on this. I just told her I'll do an introduction. So fair enough. So I end up, you know, sending her the images and um, uh, it wasn't as easy as it is now from your phone when you take a picture because this was, you know, um, before smartphones, okay. you know, mm -hmm. so, but, you know, we had the internet. So I went on and, you know, copy paste and, you know, put it up spreadsheet and sent it to the gallery owner. So then about probably a half hour later, I get a phone call and she says, hey, I got your images and you know, they're gonna be in town filming and the actor wants to pick them up for his apartment, his set, his set, um, which was in Hollywood, but you know, they're filming here. And so I said, oh, okay. And you know, I have to tell you, I didn't get excited because I said, if this is a pipe dream, I don't want to just, you know, get too excited and get disappointed. Yeah. So I kept a study pace and I was like, okay. I said, okay, sure. So she said, I'll get back with you. And I'm thinking, okay. And I'm thinking, okay, that may not happen, but if it does happen, it'll be fine. And the actor was Isaiah Washington. I knew that's what you were going to say. Was <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like okay so um and 
So they said, well, he's going to come to the gallery and look at some images and see what, how he wants, because he wanted to design his own set and he wanted to use furnishings that he would have in his own apartment and artwork that he would want, you know, uh, in his own apartment. But of course this was going to, um, uh, Hollywood, uh, set and touchstone pictures was the, um, the producers of the show. Mm -hmm. So, um, we, you know, we're, you know, we're thinking, okay. It, but the thing about it, I didn't realize it happened fast because it's, it's Hollywood. They have to, you know, it's like, you don't have time to sit around because yeah. he was working. So he did come and I get a phone call and she says, okay. She said, you're in. She said, he would like to look at more, but you know, they're filming. So, um, he said it was you and a couple other African-American artists. And I was like, okay. And I'm thinking, okay, this is a good start. So then a half hour later, I get this phone call. And I'm still at the office. And this phone call says, hello, with this British woman. And I was thinking, I thought it was one of my friends playing a trick on me because they all, I always had one friend always making up voices and stuff. And she says, hello, Major to Joey Robinson. And, and I looked at him and I, I looked around and I was like, ah, and I was like, Hey, I said, dude, I said, why are you calling here doing a British, you know, accent? And the person said, pardon me. And I was thinking, uh Oh, and I looked and it was the Los Angeles, um, uh, area code. And I was like, Holy cow. I said, I said, I'm sorry. And she said, Oh no, this is, you know, she said her name. She said, I'm calling from Touchtone pictures. And I hear that, um, uh, one of our actors who's playing in Grey's Anatomy uh, was interested in using some of your artwork on the set. That happened within an hour. Wow. Of every, I mean, it just happened fast. And I was like, whoa. So I put, I said, can I put you on hold for a second? And so I put her on hold and I called my life partner at and I said, put her on hold. And I called my life partner. And I said to him, I said, hey, I got touchstone pictures on the line. They said they want to look at some of my artwork. And uh, he said, his name was Ron. He said, well, go back to him and tell him, you know, talk to him. I said, okay. So I said, so, so she says, we're really interested and we want to know if, um, they didn't want to use the original art, but they want to use the images of the art. And she said, could you do um, quality prints of these? And I was like, yes. She says, well, she says, now this is going to move fairly quickly. She said, how quickly can you get the prints? I said, when do you need them? And she told me when she needed them. I said, well, I'll have them. She says, okay. She says, well, she says, he's still deciding which ones that he wants to use. She said, but are you available for another phone call? Yes, I am. So within two weeks, Jalal, mm -hmm. um, I had gotten the, the, com the commission to do it. Um, they, again, it's Hollywood. They acted real fast. They sent the contract. I had the law firm that we were working for look at the contract. They thought it looked good. Um, 
and I was still nervous. I didn't want to just, I was thinking, okay, if this falls through, I'm fine. You know, I'm still doing other stuff. Um, I was surprisingly at a wedding in um, uh, North Carolina, um, seaside North Carolina on the coast. And I get this phone call at, like, at the wedding. And I looked and it was a Los Angeles number. And I was like, uh oh. And so I stepped away. And um, she said, congratulations. She said, these are the ones we want to use. Um, can you get them to us within, you know, X amount of days? And I knew I was, I was there only for the wedding. So I knew I was coming home. And I said, yes, I can. So um, I had a friend who did printmaking to do quality prints. Um, and we signed the paperwork and the release. And um, they showed on Grace Anatomy, that was like, I was at the wedding stay August and they showed on Grace Anatomy in that, that November. And he had them in his dining room and he and Sandra O oh were lovers on set. And so they showed them eating dinner and they had them over their credenza. Um, and so if you go to the episodes where um, Isaiah Washington and Sandra Oh were lovers because they were supposed to be two doctors, but no one knew they uh, were living together. And this was supposed to be their like pad together. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the, um, the paintings are. And they're from a series I have called Black Made Tribute. And these are paintings of uh, abstract paintings of African-American women who worked as domestics and they're true stories because I researched the stories. And uh, so he used two images from that collection. And um, the maid was, her name was Lena Baker and she was from Cuthbert, Georgia. She was the first uh, female, of course, Black female, to be um, uh, given to the electric chair. She was um, uh, executed uh, because uh, she had killed a white man, but it was a long story. She was abused. Um, she was his maid, but he was also, um, they were also um, lovers. She was forced into actually um, having relationships with them and uh, things got really bad and um, he was abusing her, uh, physically abusing her and um, she shot him. And wow. she went to jail uh, within, I mean, it, it was a, a, a jury, all white jury. So they, I mean, it was so, you know, the judgment was turned around so quickly um, she didn't have a chance and she ended up not only leaving a family behind but a community behind and at the time this was 1940 1942 uh, don't quote me on that because I don't have the paperwork in front of me but uh, in the 40s and um, and that was it so she was buried on an unmarked grave uh, in uh, Georgia and just recently in the last 10 years, she was exonerated from that because oh. it was from, a, it was considered wrongful 
of course, but at the time she didn't have a chance. So those, that is the image he used um, on that set. So it was simple, it was executed, but it was powerful. And the, um, it's amazing what Hollywood can do because they, they took a print because they only want to use the image because they didn't want to use the original artwork. Um, they took a print and made it look better actually than the original. Uh, wow. Thank you, Hollywood, you know, and, um, and digitizing and stuff like that. So yeah. that's what was used in their apartment um, on the set, so to speak. Um, so you, if you go back and it's early on in Grey's Anatomy, if you go back and just go to like, try to find, I say, a Washington Sandra O, um, and you can probably pull it up online. And then that's where, and I would, I, I, I didn't, again, I don't look at TV a lot, but I looked at the show um, and the couple of times I did see it, they would always have it and because it was in their dining room. So they always were like having dinner or um, talking at the dining room table and you would see them there. I, I do. I've seen um, I've seen that uh, season where those two were together. And mm -hmm. I do remember the dining room scenes. And I think I want to say it's season two. Um, season two, okay. for some reason, sticks out to me. Um, I am going to go back and look today, but I want to say it's season two because he was gone fairly quickly. Yeah, on the show. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, so he, killed, he killed my he killed my career. I mean, when he left the show. <laughs> you know, they closed the apartment down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Doing? I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, like, you're not on the show anymore, and now my art's like being seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I was like, something. thanks, dude. Yeah, I thought we had something going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that is funny. But yeah, I think it is season two. And I'm definitely going to uh, check that because I, I, I do believe it's season two. Because I do remember seeing that the way he had his apartment set up. I do I do remember seeing that. I'm going to definitely go back and look today. That is That is crazy. And it just really just shows, you know, how, like you said, part of it is, you know, you've put out this fact that everybody knows around you that you're an artist so they get to see your art they they know that this is what you do and then being able to approach you and you didn't like you took the opportunity you said hey i'm gonna just see where this goes instead of saying yeah. you know you know this probably won't happen for me this probably yeah. won't this or this won't that you didn't allow yourself to talk you out of this opportunity you took the opportunity you you did you you followed every step you know, you took every step, yeah. whether it would have worked out or not, it didn't really matter. It was the point that you hopped on the opportunity and took and and went yeah. in and did each step as they came. And so I think that that's that's amazing. I want to ask you something because you. We you you talked about you mentioned um, his name being Ron uh, earlier. Yeah. You you lost you lost Ron. And oh. I know he was someone important to you. Absolutely. How have you noticed any change in your art since your experience losing him? Yeah, you know, I had a lull um, because uh, he was my manager. I mean, and 
even though we both had different careers and jobs and stuff like that, but the art was our um, our team effort. And so he managed um, the, I, I call it the Joe William Robinson studio. That's what, um, uh, if anyone wants to look up on Instagram, it's the Joey Robinson studio. So he managed the Joey and Robinson studio. Um, and we made it happen together because it went from a dream to reality. And um, so uh, the art did change, you know, but, um, you know, after kind of, you know, getting myself together um, and, you um, I'll just say it was a tragic death and it was a sudden death. So yeah. I was in shock for a while. Um, yeah. And so, um, but it, it, it took about, it took a little time, you know, but I kept plugging at it. I didn't stop it. I just kept plugging at it. You know, some days I did more than others. Some days, you know, I would just sit there and not do anything because a part of the magic was gone. Because it took it took two of us to make that magic, you know. And now with only one of us, it was me. And so, you know, I had to I had to do a lot of soul searching and convince myself that the art was still there because he was such a vision, visionary of his own kind and taught me to be a visionary. And I was thinking, well, you know, and I talked to myself in the third person, well, Joe, you know, you can either continue to do it or it can die as well. And I knew that we had worked on it so hard and he had laid a plan down. And I said, just go on the, the business, it was a business plan and our journey that um, he had laid down. I said, well, if you're going to really continue to respect what he's helped build, you're going to continue to build. And that's when I started working again in the studio. And I said, I mean, I went for it. I went in the studio and I was like, Ron, this is for you. And the art start, well, I, as I healed, the art started taking off again. And that was my, that was my salute to him. I said, the art, I said, just because you're no longer here, doesn't mean the art dies too. Because I knew that he would want the art to live because we worked so hard and we worked years on it. I mean, years. So um, I just went back into the studio and I started new stuff. And then I started um, going back to old stuff and, and improving and making it better um, and doing and modernizing it and changing it. And the series one was the Black Maid uh, tribute, which now um, I've uh, changed the, it's called the Black Maid collection. Um, and then uh, the Pullman Porter collection. So I started a collection of abstract images of men who worked on the railroad, black men who worked on the railroad as Pullman Porters 
Pullman Porters, um, they, their uh, longevity was from 1870 to 1970. George Pullman started the Pullman uh, Porter um, uh, sleeping cars. And these were ex-slaves uh, because this is after slavery. Uh, George Pullman's a, a white businessman, you know? So, uh, and the, the ex-slaves needed jobs. Men needed jobs to, to, to feed their families. So he saw opportunity and they got opportunity. Not to say that it's a long story, but not to say that it was all good, but um, he put uh, them to work and they can at least feed their families uh, and get some tra get training. So in a way he was a hero, but in a way he wasn't because he did exploit their, um, their, uh, their working, you know, I mean, they worked for a little or nothing. Um, and they, um, were treated poorly, uh, uh, because George Pullman also had white employees too. So of course they were, you know, the ones who benefited the, they didn't benefit as, as well, but they did the heavy lifting. And, um, so I did a series and another um, story series. These were true stories of African-American men um, working the railroads. And, but the uh, heroic part of this in 1925, they fought so hard and they end up getting their own union. And, oh, wow. uh, that's, and that was big because was, that was the first black union. Ever. And not to say that they didn't have pushback because they did. With that being said, um, you know, I, uh, it was uh, the maids and then the Pullman Porters that actually are the foundation of my collection of art. Um, and it's become that. It wasn't intended to become that because I am still consider myself an abstract slash folk artist. So mm -hmm. these images are a component of um, a story first and then abstract images. So um, that is um, the basis of what Ron and I started for the Joanne Robinson Studio. And I do other stuff too, you know, it's abstract. I do, like I talked about the encaustics and that, and I do watercolor, I do a lot of stuff, but for the base of, what Ron and I built for my um, business were based on the Black Made Tribute slash collection now. And that is amazing. So you, you kind of, you know, like you said, I, it, it was sudden. It was very unexpected. And Absolutely. you you did something in a time period, which was you took some time to heal. Yes. And then Absolutely. in that, during that process, you know, you had to have a conversation with yourself because a lot of us, you know, when life gets hard, we get overwhelmed. The first thing we, we want to do is kind of ball up and throw oh, for sure. in the towel, you know? And so you, you had a conversation with yourself and said, Hey, you know, what would he have wanted me to do? We had a plan, oh, absolutely. you know, now is my time to see this plan through. And then you went back and you hit your art harder than you've hit it before. 
and you were able to see, you know, from Absolutely. a different lens. And like you said, you started improving things and you started making them better. And then you got, so it, it really sounds like it changed, you know, changed a lot for you in that, in that process of losing, of losing someone. His, his death was a game changer. Yeah. And so I had to make it a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, you know, that's an, a, a very important, you know, that you were able to see it like that. This kind of leads me into my second to last question. Yes. You're, you're in your 60s. Yes. Is it the drive that, you know, you want to feel, you want to live out the plan that you guys created that keeps you going? Or is there something else you've accomplished? You know, one could say you've accomplished a lot, you know? Is that still what drives you? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you gotta have some, you gotta have some drive to keep going. So it does, but also it's the vision that we started that I had no idea it would even come this far. I've been doing this, you know, over uh, like almost a full-time job over 20 something years. And it started off to be something like, you know, Ah, I'll do it now and then whenever, you know, I can do this, I can do that. And it's become, it's become my mission, you know, and also um, my honor uh, to, I wanted to, Ron was a community advocate. Um, and uh, so I'm just giving back to what I've been so fortunate to have so many people uh, give me support and be in my corner and I just want to give it back and I want to give I want to give it back to the community and to the world because I've had an opportunity that uh, a lot of people haven't had especially um, African-American artists you know because usually you got some no I'm not you know you know, selling millions of dollars worth of art or anything like that. But you know what, what I can put out and I get that. And so my goal is to help as many artists, period. And to always be there, you know, uh, to watch them grow and to catch them when they feel like they're falling. And yeah. that is my mission. Um, and because you know, I get really filled up sometimes and I'm, you know, in my studio um, and I'm looking out and I can see the, um, I have a studio downtown Seattle near Pike Place Market and I can see the ferries go on the Puget Sound and I can see them past my window. And I think, you know, Joey, this is still an opportunity, but opportunities are to also be shared with others too. And that's my mission. And as I, you know, grow older, get older, I feel like now it's time. I want to, and so I'm on fast speed. It's like, I want to do this before, you know, I can't do it. I want to do this before I can't do it. But, and it's all, I want to, I want to give as much as I can until I can't because, you know, um, 
my mother used to say. She said, as you, she says, as much as you love living, she said, the end result is death because you've got, that's one debt you got to pay. So my goal is to do as much as I can um, and to help as many people as I can to, um, to build their, their opportunities and their dreams. And, I, um, and that's what I do. I, when I get up in the morning, like I said, how can I make someone, how can I help, how can I touch someone? How can I help them? You know, so my goal is to, you know, is do as much as I can, like you said, you know, you know my, I feel like my clock is ticking a little bit. You know, and we never know, but you know, but I want it to be, um, I want it to be instrumental, and I want to give up until I can, and that's my goal, and uh, and I'm just gonna every day, like this morning, I knew that you and I were gonna have this talk, and I am so so grateful for you, and. I've seen you grow. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. I've seen this kid walk in one day and I was like, I said, wait a minute. I said, that's a kid. I said, they're gonna hire him. And it's like, yeah. And I was thinking, I said, how old is he? And I said, holy cow. They said, well, he's a good candidate for the job. And I was like, okay. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, we'll see. And you have been one of my most cherished friends since. And I've seen you grow with your family. You are a wonderful father and husband and community advocate of your own. So that's what makes me happy. And this uh, podcast and interview has made me so happy today. And it's, it makes me feel like what I get up and do to, to help um, has paid off. Thank you, Joey. I, I truly you. appreciate that. And what you do is important and it's necessary because, you know, we don't know, you know, who we can touch with just being ourselves doing the things that we were put on this earth to do we just don't know and so i love the fact that you know you want to leave that legacy of being able to give back being able to help other artists being able to be there for people being able to put a smile on people's face it, it is something that i've i've witnessed over the years of all these years of knowing you but it is you know i think it is a beautiful thing to see that that is what you are committed to. And I think this rolls into the last question. If someone isn't struggling today yeah. on taking action on their dreams, what would you say to encourage them? One, don't stop dreaming. And because, or don't be afraid to dream. Because a lot of people, what blocks a blessing is being afraid to be yourself and also to dream. It doesn't cost you anything to dream. You just got to dream. And, you know, if you believe in it, 
that dream's going to come true. And don't stop. Keep pushing. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you don't even understand. But you've got to, uh, also, you got to love yourself, too. you got to love yourself. You can't love others unless you love yourself. And so you got to love yourself. So self, some self-love, some TLC, some self-care. And I think at that point, you're on your way to a successful way of, you know, accomplishing things. And uh, again, you know, it's easy to think about yourself all the time, but then just take a moment to think about others. Because, you know, I get up in the morning, I think I have heat, I have a home, I am drinking coffee, you know, I'm, and those are, you know, some people don't think about that, but those are huge things that just kind of, works out so just believe in yourself and then you can believe in others and also it does take a community it i mean if you're not community oriented and if it's your person of me 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 well it's not it's not going to happen that fast but you got to sit there and give up a little something to get something so believe in yourself so you can believe in others and others will believe in you. I thank you, Joey. That is amazing. And I, I just, again, I'm just so awed of this conversation. It was just, just to hear your journey from, you know, your mom opening your eyes to, you know, the world of painting, the world of coloring, just the way she was being intentional about her parenting and just to see how it worked out where you were able to eventually meet, you know, your your uh, hero in that world, Jacob Lawrence, and just being able to actually spend time with him. You know, that is just amazing. And just how hearing how, you know, your travels have really affected the way you paint your style, the things you've learned, and just how you, you know, you have this love for learning. You've never stopped learning. You want to to learn. You want to understand. You want to know. And just how you were able to, you know, I don't know that we people ever overcome a loss. I think how you were able to maneuver through losing someone that was really important, uh, important to you. And then just your desire to, you know, want to give back to people and be an encouragement and looking for ways to, you know, love on people and build a community with people and to inspire people. I think it's just absolutely amazing. And I just really want to say, I appreciate you taking your time today to come on the podcast. And if you were listening, if this doesn't encourage you to take action in your life, I don't know what will, you know, it's, I mean, a lot of this played out from childhood. He kept dreaming. He kept taking action is the big thing that you can see, you know, got on Greg's anatomy all by taking action on the opportunities that were presented to him. And so I just want to encourage all of you guys who are listening to this now to take action on whatever it is, because, you know, you're only, that's the only way you're going to see if it can, it can happen, if it can work for you is if you take action. Joey, tell people where to um, find your art at, where to find oh, you at. Absolutely. So if you're looking on Instagram, you will pull up Joey M. Robinson Studio. Uh, if you need to look at my website, it is joeymrobinson.com. Uh, and um, you can always call me up on Facebook too. 
Joey and Robinson. So I look forward to hearing from some of you. Please, if you have any questions, I love, love to chat. I love uh, to correspond. So if there is anything that you have question or you need some help with, please reach out. I'm there. And you can also email me at joeymrobinson3 at gmail.com. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. And I will put all the links to his contacts in the uh, description of this podcast. So you just have to click a link and uh, reach out. Thank you. And Thank you, Jalal. No problem. All right. And this has been the episode of Action Only Podcast. And I'm your host, Jalal Wilson. And today we had Joey Robinson. I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, be blessed.